Letter six of Letters from a Farmer in Pennsylvania. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bruce Moser. Letters from a Farmer in Pennsylvania by John Dickinson. Letter six. Beloved countrymen, it may perhaps be objected against the arguments that have been offered to the public concerning the legal power of the Parliament, that it has always exercised the power of imposing duties for the purposes of raising a revenue on the productions of these colonies carried to Great Britain, which may be called a tax on them. To this I answer. That is no more a violation of the rights of the colonies than their being ordered to carry certain of their productions to Great Britain, which is no violation at all. It being implied in the relation between them that the colonies should not carry such commodities to other nations as should enable them to interfere with the mother country. The duties imposed on these commodities when brought to her, are only a consequence of her paternal right, and if the point is thoroughly examined, will be found to be laid on the people of the mother country, and not at all dangerous to the liberties of the colonies. Whatever these duties are, they must proportionably raise the price of the goods, and consequently the duties must be paid by the consumers. In this light, they were considered by the Parliament in the 25th Chapter 2, Chapter 7, Section 2, which says that the productions of the plantations were carried from one to another free from all customs, while the subjects of this your kingdom of England have paid great customs and impositions for what of them have been spent here, etc. Such duties, therefore, can never be injurious to the liberties of the colonies. Besides, if Great Britain exports these commodities again, the duties will injure her own trade, so that she cannot hurt us without plainly and immediately hurting herself. And this is our check against her acting arbitrarily in this respect. It may perhaps be further objected that it being granted that statutes made for regulating trade are binding upon us, it will be difficult for any persons but the makers of the laws to determine which of them are made for the regulating of trade and which for raising a revenue, and that from hence may arise confusion. To this I answer, that the objection is of no force in the present case, or such as resemble it, because the act now in question is formed expressly for the sole purpose of raising a revenue. However, supposing the design of the Parliament had not been expressed, the objection seems to me of no weight with regard to the influence which those who may make it 
might expect it ought to have on the conduct of the colonies it is true that impositions for raising a revenue may be hereafter called regulations of trade but names will not change the nature of things indeed we ought firmly to believe what is an undoubted truth confirmed by the unhappy experience of many states heretofore free that unless the most watchful attention be exerted a new servitude may be slipped upon us under the sanction of usual and respectable terms thus the caesars ruined roman liberty under the titles of tribunical and dictatorial authorities old and venerable dignities known in the most flourishing times of freedom in imitation of the same policy james the second when he meant to establish popery talked of liberty of conscience the most sacred of all liberties and had thereby almost deceived the dissenters into destruction all artful rulers who strive to extend their own power beyond its just limits endeavor to give to their attempts as much semblance of legality as possible those who succeed them may venture to go a little farther for each new encroachment will be strengthened by a former that which is now supported by examples growing old will become an example itself and thus support fresh usurpations a free people therefore can never be too quick in observing nor too firm in opposing the beginnings of alterations either in form or reality respecting institutions formed for their security the first leads to the last on the other hand nothing is more certain than that forms of liberty may be retained when the substance is gone in government as well as in religion the letter killeth but the spirit giveth life I will beg leave to enforce this remark by a few instances the crown by the constitution has the prerogative of creating peers the existence of that order in due number and dignity is essential to the constitution and if the crown did not exercise that prerogative the peerage must have long since decreased so much as to have lost its proper influence suppose a prince for some unjust purposes should from time to time advance many needy profligate wretches to that rank that all the independence of the house of lords should be destroyed there would then be a manifest violation of the constitution under the appearance of using legal prerogative the house of commons claims the privilege of forming all money bills and will not suffer either of the other branches of the legislature to add to or alter them 
contending that their power simply extends to an acceptance or rejection of them this privilege appears to be just but under pretence of this just privilege the house of commons has claimed a license of tacking to money bills clauses relating to many things of a totally different kind and have thus forced them in a manner on the crown and lords this seems to be an abuse of that privilege and it may be vastly more abused suppose a future house influenced by some displaced discontented demagogues in a time of danger should tack to a money bill something so injurious to the king and peers that they would not assent to it and yet the commons should obstinately insist on it the whole kingdom would be exposed to ruin under the appearance of maintaining a valuable privilege in these cases it might be difficult for a while to determine whether the king intended to exercise his prerogative in the constitutional manner or not or whether the commons insisted on the demand factitiously or for the public good but surely the conduct of the crown or of the house would in time sufficiently explain itself ought not the people therefore to watch to observe facts to search into causes to investigate designs and have they not a right of judging from the evidence before them on no slighter points than their liberty and happiness it would be less than trifling wherever a british government is established to make use of any other arguments to prove such a right it is sufficient to remind the reader of the day on which king william landed at torbay i will now apply what has been said to the present question the nature of any impositions laid by parliament on the colonies must determine the design in laying them it may not be easy in every instance to discover that design whenever it is doubtful i think submission cannot be dangerous nay it must be right for in my opinion there is no privilege the colonies claim which they ought in duty and prudence more earnestly to maintain and defend than the authority of the british parliament to regulate the trade of all her dominions without this authority the benefits she enjoys from our commerce must be lost to her the blessings we enjoy from our dependence upon her must be lost to us her strength must decay her glory vanish and she cannot suffer without our partaking in her misfortune let us therefore cherish her interest as our own and give her everything that it becomes free men to give or to receive the nature of any impositions she may lay upon us may in general be known considering how far they relate 
to the preserving in due order the connection between the several parts of the british empire one thing we may be assured of which is this whenever a statute imposes duties on commodities to be paid only upon their exportation from great britain to these colonies it is not a regulation of trade but a design to raise a revenue upon us other instances may happen which it may not be necessary to dwell on i hope these colonies will never to their latest existence want understanding sufficient to discover the intentions of those who rule over them nor the resolution necessary for asserting their interests they will always have the same right that all free states have of judging when their privileges are invaded and of using all prudent measures for preserving them quo circa vivite fortes fortiaque adversis opponite pectora ribus wherefore keep up your spirits and gallantly oppose this adverse course of affairs a farmer end of letter six